0: Hey guys, this is Mark Owings and I'm your host for the Unbridled Life podcast, where we have real, raw, and unreligious conversation to encourage and challenge men and women in their daily lives. Well, welcome to the Unbridled Life podcast. I'm here with two really, really cool people. I love both of them. Shauna Wortham, who is a disco hey. Look at her; she's yeah, singing. My
1: tambourine. Her.
0: She's going so, and our <sighs> friend Audra. But I want. Shauna to have the honor of introducing our sweet friend.
1: Yes. Thank you, Mark. It is so awesome to be here with two of my favorite people. We're missing less We are missing, Les, she'll missing be, less she'll be she'll be back. But Audra Reigns, I'm so excited. I I've known that your story needed to be told as soon as this podcast started. Audra is first and foremost wife to Ross Raines I'll let you tell all that and your beautiful children but she's written some books and one of my favorites is Journey of a Seer because there's so much activation in it but we will dive into your story but thank you for being here we're honored yeah I'm honored to be
2: here I mean, Shawna, you're the, one of the best sisters I have. Yeah. My biggest cheerleader and my biggest. I love you. Yeah. And then Mark, you're just such a good brother, mm-hmm. a good friend, someone who I just can always call, like both of you. And feel at home. Yeah. You know?
0: Goes both ways. Yeah, Honor, for sure. Both ways, Yeah. For sure. Well, I'm going to introduce this because th- there's a lot to her story, and I have a feeling she'll come back and be a frequent guest on here. There's a lot inside of the sister that I want to draw out. And it's almost like a rain cloud. I want to share the rain that has happened. Yes. Her name is Audra Rain. But there's a rain that the Lord did in her story. It's really cool, very raw, real, and unreligious. But you're going to hear moments. This is a little girl that grew up. A uh, little girl. She's, she's a grown woman now. Okay, let me get that straight. She's a grown woman. <laughs> but she grew up in a Christian family, and there was some leading away from it. There were some big moments that got her attention drew her back. But there was a process in all of that, as there is in every one of our journeys and stories. But you're going to hear a lot come out. So listen up, tune in, and I'm going to pitch this just simply like Audra. Just begin to tell us kind of how you were raised. We talked a little bit before the podcast, kind of where we wanted to go, and we don't know where we're going to land, but God does that, right? Yep. So you can dive in.
2: Well, my name's Audra. I'm married to Ross. I have a little girl, Aria. She's seven. And Zeke, he's nine. And my life is great. Lots of peace, lots of rest, lots of satisfaction. But it was definitely a process and a journey to get there. And it's a process and a journey to keep what I have, to keep to to the heaven and and stay where I'm at. But, yeah, I was raised in a Christian home. Mom and dad were amazing. They even planted churches. So I've been in and out of a lot of different expressions. And so I've seen, you know, the Methodist church, the Baptist church, the charismatic, the Pentecostal. Mm. I haven't been in the Catholic, but I've been in just a lot of different streams just to kind of, I don't know, fill you in on like how my childhood was. It was very great. And so my identity was built with my mom. She taught me how to pray. My dad was just so present. He was at everything. And so I had a pretty secure childhood and then in college somewhere I went you made to go this far yeah yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> in college somewhere I just that bait of where do you belong and when someone's trying to find where they belong if they don't have directions and direction from the Lord or from people around them friends that's why friends are so important yeah I just grabbed the bait and I was like I belong here. I mean, I was cute. I was, you know, the party girl. And something about my personality was a little bit more shy. And so the lie that got spun really quick in my head was, if you just drink alcohol, you'll really be yourself.
0: You can just be you. You can
1: just let it all out and be like Shauna. Oh, this is... Audra, Audra and I have said we are so glad that we did not know each other oh in college God. because we would have led each other... Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. down to the bar. And now, you know, we're so extreme in the spirit realm. But, oh, it's yeah. like telling my story for sure. Yeah.
2: But people like you, Shauna, mm-hmm. I was attracted to because mm-hmm. I didn't have the courage to... Dance on the table. Loud. and mm-hmm. Dance on the jet. Yeah. But if I had a friend... You, I was gonna <laughs> do, help, you. help you up there. I do this.
0: You were a great wingman. I <laughs> yes.
2: was a great wingman. yeah, because I was like, let's do this. And so I mm. found some of those friends, yeah, and I just had this false sense of you belong here. And and then I found myself in a relationship with a man who made me feel like I was everything, like I was gold, like. There was no one like me. I mean, I would find jewelry in my freezer and it was just very extravagant pursuit of me. And so I fell into this relationship thinking, you know, this is a, a good thing. And it, it it was okay for a couple of years, but then it turned into more like a prison. Wow. And I was trying to, you know, get out of the prison on my own, but I didn't have friends around. My parents weren't around. My sister was at college. And, and so I was just kind of lost in this space with this guy and my identity just began to crumble. It's almost like I, you know, the the Bible talks about becoming one with Jesus. And it's like, if you're not doing that, you're becoming one with something. And it's like, I was just becoming one with his identity. And I began to just go out with him, party drugs, all the things. And I found myself addicted to cocaine just in a lot of bad bad environments and then i just i know the lord's leading me to this moment of just major abuse from this guy not knowing i mean he would come home in the middle of the night and just wake me up screaming at me for no reason and i had to work the next day and i was just like lord and i knew the lord my my mom you know raised me in that and i went in my closet and i just said god Will you just help me like save me from this like I I need help and um, I started to hear my mom's voice singing over me mm. and so just a just a little encouragement to any moms out there who you know you raised your kid right you raised him in the faith like they are going to come back they are going to to hear your voice it's the Lord's voice through your voice but they are going to hear that beckoning Yeah. To return. Wow. Because the Lord always calls us to return back to his heart. And so I'm in the closet and I'm just like, God, I just need help. And that is the first time I knew I was in a bad situation. And I'm not kidding. From that day, it got so bad, like guns and just more abuse. And it's almost like the enemy knew he was losing his grip on me. So he just turned it up. Right. And
1: I want to say, so so you cried out to the Lord. Yeah. And then it got worse. It got worse. It's, isn't that interesting? <laughs> but sometimes that's how it it's, it, and exactly what you said, the enemy was losing ground. Okay. So.
0: And one thing I want to say, it's interesting. You said something, isolation, isolation, yeah. isolation. You get there and there's this slow progression of isolation happening. You're not talking to your mom. You're not talking to your dad. They're not involved in the relationship. Yeah. You're at college. Listen up. If you're going to college, this happens over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah. A relationship that doesn't include the parents and people of both sides of this ends up in a cola sac that kills every single time. So you go into this closet, you're hearing a memory from your mother singing over you. What, I'm just curious. Was that a worship song? Was that a
2: it was just one of those little salty songs from when I was a kid that she would play and sing. And it was all the little videos, cares. the salty videos. Yes. yes. Yeah. It was, I cast all my cares upon you. I lay all my burden wow. down at your feet. I'm mm-hmm. all alone. Wow. <laughs> and time, I don't know what to do, because mm-hmm. I didn't know what to do. Yeah. And that was all I could do, was just sing this little song. And it's like we think we have to have these crazy big prayers, and the Lord just like, just cry out to me, and I'll be there. And He was, yeah, He was
0: there. So the enemy hears you too in this process. So we got two people after you: one that loves you, one that hates you, one that wants to steal, kill, and destroy, and the other that that wants to give you life and life abundantly. But you you start to go down this progress. So it starts amplifying up, you know, just guns, chaos, traumatic. And I think that's just manifestations that start happening inside of people. When you're not connected to the Lord, you're connected to something. You said it really well. So he starts doing this, and maybe he's starting to even sense, I'm losing control. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So the more that that happened of me kind of standing up to him The more aggressive Mm. the abuse god and and that's whenever like the guns and stuff started to come out more and more threats like if you leave I'm gonna you know do something to myself and things like that and it wasn't until my sister called me one day and said hey and she was just moved back from college I want you to go on this cruise with me and I was like there's no way he's gonna let me go on a cruise like he was like had me by a grip like there was and I made plenty of mistakes so there was you know all of that. Both sides. Yeah mm-hmm. both sides but he let me go which is a miracle mm-hmm. in itself and when we went it was a Christian cruise Jeremy Camp, Mercy Me and all them were there so we were having like worship music on the deck and I was being just romanced by the Lord. Wow. Mm-hmm. Like do you remember when you were a kid and the presence of God would come in my car and just perfect peace and rest and all these things I talked about at the beginning of like oh wait I remember I can have this and uh, that's that's what it took and I was like I think I'm not going to go home because I lived with this guy and uh, I got back and I never went home and I said keep it all I don't care I'm not going back home and uh, that began a new journey of restoration because he always restores us yeah and you know, we don't understand why things happen and all of that. And I could go back and ask all those questions, but it was like, it didn't matter. I was where I was and it was time for me to be restored. Yeah. And so that's what I started a season of restoration.
0: I think it's so cool. You know, kudos for your parents for building a really firm foundation. And then you get into college, and I think we all go through that. I didn't, I went to college Bible school for two years, hated that. And, but I think. There's a time that we get to be who we are in the house, and then there's a time that we leave and it gets tested. Yeah. And so whatever's in us, the world magnifies. If we feel shy, it magnifies it. So I need alcohol. If you're really loud, hey, let's take it to the next level. And all of these next levels of trying to find our identity in Christ or find our identity, who are we? We start. That's why it's so important. Who you put around you is who you become like. Yeah. So, you know, you, you go to college, you, you got drinking, you got drugs, you got sex, you got all kinds of craziness happening to you. And then you go on this cruise, which is a divine appointment. God sends messengers. And by the way, you know, they're not wearing white. They're not angels that show up at your door, but they are messengers of hope that bring you. And they came in the form of a sister, a biological sister that takes you on this cruise and God's wooing you back. Yeah. yeah. So everything just got nice and pretty after this and you lived. Happy ever after. <laughs> no, no, no,
2: definitely not. It was different, different trials and different crushing and things like that. But um, I got back from this cruise and it was a lot of forgiveness, a ton of taking my thoughts captive, and a ton of this is who you are. I mean, I had I am statements all over the world because I didn't know who I was. I was completely, completely lost. At the time, I smoked cigarettes still. So I had, you know, left all the drugs and stuff like that. But, like, I still love to go out back and just smoke cigarettes. And the Lord's consecration is just, it began here. And he was like, you can keep doing that. But if you stop, I have something better for you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I had a choice. Do I believe him? Yeah. Because I really like to do this. And it, yeah. it brought me comfort. And But when I gave him cigarettes... He gave back to me a peace and a comfort. It was comfort that was in the cigarettes, and he gave that back to me. It was an exchange, but he didn't tell me what he's going to give me before he gave it to me. He wanted me to trust. Yep. (laughs) Give it to me first, and then I'll pour out something on you, and that's how he's worked with me in consecration over and over and over again. But that season taught me how to stand on the Word of God. I, I just memorized as many scriptures as I could. And just posted them all over my... That's amazing. And in my car and everything. And and it and taught me how to stand and, and be like, I'm not going back to this addiction. And so that was a, a big shift. And then I went to this little retreat where it was like completely out of my comfort zone, where it was all about forgiveness. And I spent three days forgiving every everyone in my life. And I found freedom there. And I thought, y'all... I've arrived. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm free. Yeah, screaming. I'm. I even danced to. This is what it feels to be. This is what it's like to be free and all this craziness. And I got in front of a crowd and and I didn't do that without alcohol, but I did it right. You know, all by, all just with the Lord. And it was only the scratch. It was the
0: scratching. Freedom was comes in layers. Yeah. Right? we think, oh man, this is the best. This is as good as it gets, and then he just keeps taking layers off is off and i love how you made the statement you started posting i am statements. yes i am more than a conqueror in christ jesus i am fearfully and wonderfully made all those i ams that leslie and i talked about on a previous podcast i think those are important because if not we go upstairs to our mind and it'll just condemn you yeah it'll show you all the things that you're not you start making a progress out of this god's bringing freedom to you what connects you? When do you start connecting to Rossi Boy?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what I was. When he's Ross, yeah. my
0: man, from man. I love him. So there
1: was a
2: little bit of a uh, a shift from hey, all you've known is partying, but you've got to like learn new ways. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, now I have the God's got my attention, but my ways were still in the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, He started to make my crooked way straight by just connecting me to people. And my friend was like, hey, I found this church. And the same week, my sister found this church. And I was like, I guess I'm going to go back to church. And I haven't been to church in so long, since I was, like, in middle school. Wow. And so I went back to church, and I walk around the corner, and it was like this, like a curtain, because it was, like, in a high school or something. And I hear this angel voice, and I'm like, wow, who's singing, you know? And then I walk around the corner, and I'm like, oh, okay, because he. Doesn't look like he does now, but my husband Ross has an angelic voice. Oh, I can <laughs>
1: say yes. He does. Yeah.
2: But when I met him, he was completely bald with a goatee almost down to his stomach.
1: And Rosted? Rosted.
0: <laughs> I, I need those pictures. I know. I'm
2: trying to visualize <laughs> it. Red, rosy cheeks. And I was like, oh, okay. No, probably not. But he seems really good. You know? He <laughs> didn't. And, well, then he goes to Africa, like, loses a bunch of weight, like, changes his facial hair. What else happened to him? Just looks completely different. I don't know. Maybe it was the Lord. He just came back completely different. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll go on a date with him. So he says, do you want to go get a Coke? And I was like, what? <laughs> I've never heard that before. It's like, do you want to go get a beer? You want to go out? You know, things like that.
0: You want to do a line of Coke? Right. So no, he's going to take you for a C-O-K-E Coke. Yes.
2: A Coca-Cola. Yes. And I'm like, <laughs> there it is again. And I'm like, hear the voice. I hear the lie. How are you going to talk to this guy if you don't have a beer?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I'm like, you know, because you got to loosen up and be comfortable by drinking or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I just had to start learning to be comfortable in my own skin without all of that being under the influence of something. And
1: we went to Starbucks. We didn't go get a Coke, get a coffee. Well, in the South, we say Coke, and we really mean, like, fill in the the blanks. Yes, we don't mean an actual Coca-Cola. We just,
2: yeah. (laughs) So we go to coffee, and I laid it out. I said, let Mm -hmm. me tell you everything I've done wrong because I'm not even trying to play games. I was, like, 27, and I was like... If, if you're not the guy for me, that's fine. But I'm not trying to date people anymore. I want to get married. I want to have kids. I want to live a godly life. And so I just told him all the things wrong I did. It was ugly. And then he just told me all things that he had done wrong that I hadn't, you know, I thought he was like perfect, mm-hmm. And so we just shared this moment of vulnerability. Yeah. And we became really good friends. And he called me a friend for a long time. And I finally looked at him and said, you know, we're more than friends. <laughs> <laughs> and he had to come to grips with that. And he was like, OK, yeah, we're more than friends. So we started dating and it's going well until it's not. And I'm ready to get married and he's not. And I'm like, OK, fine, we should need break up. Because if we're not ready to get married, I just want to break up.
0: And that moment, what did you feel when Ross didn't want to get married? There's one word that goes with that.
2: Just reject it alone. Pattern. just not good enough. Yep. Like, and it, it made me want to run away. And that's what that, that does, you know? And so I, I went, the first thing I did was get a beer in my hand and a cigarette in my hand.
1: Old comforts.
2: Old comforts. The first back thing I one. did, I went right back to it. Yeah. And I realized like this, it, it, it doesn't even touch the comfort. Yeah. And the love that I felt sitting on my mom's, you know, bed when, when the Lord's hand was heavy upon me and the scripture came out, you know, that moment marked me of this is, this is where you're going to now run. And so I had to run to the Lord and it was, it was hard because I had to cut off friendships. I had to be alone, honestly, but I did it. And yeah.
0: I think that's a key ingredient in any relationship you know especially when we start heading to marriage if we're not comfortable with who we are by ourselves we can never be comfortable Two broke watches don't tell time yeah so the Lord is taking you through this time where you're not alone you're without people and the Lord's presence because daddy wants to pursue you yeah. Jesus wants to pursue you Holy Spirit the comforter that he's he's changing drinks on us and he wants us to come drink out of the bubbling brook of the water of life instead of a or whatever your poison is. But as you went through that process of being alone, tell me what the Lord did in that.
2: Exactly what you said. You know, I don't, I think that's a God question because I totally forgot this whole season until this question. I had to marry Jesus yeah, before I could get married. And he was not going to allow a man to take that spot of, Who are you? Who are you? Like, he wasn't going to allow Ross to tell me who I was. He had to say, this is who you are, and you're mine, and you're loved and accepted no matter what. Because I could have married Ross and never have found the love of Jesus without that season. And so it was a hard season, but I'm so thankful for it. Like, I wouldn't take it back for anything because it taught me, like, Jesus loves me, and that's enough. And it wasn't before.
0: So you have an epiphany. How long does this take? A year, year and a half?
2: About six months.
0: Six months? Yeah. You're a yeah. fast learner. Took me a little longer. <laughs> 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 and today, Jesus, just a little longer. Yeah. So you, you have this moment. And then does Ross mm-hmm. then just start pursuing? Cause-
2: he starts coming back around. And in the midst of this, it felt like he was really gone. Like he's he's not coming back. Like this is the end. The Lord gave me a vision of him down the road, and he said, I want you to wait for him. Uh, he's not what he will be. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And he wasn't showing any signs of coming back, but eventually he did. And I needed the time, too. I needed to fall in love with Jesus and let him love me. But he did come back, and when he came back, he came back strong, and we were married three months later. Wow. <laughs>
0: It's all the front end work. I love what you said because as soon as I heard just the Lord speaking to me was, sometimes we have to die to a dream to let Jesus resurrect us. Yeah. Yeah. And in that resurrection, he does all the work in us and in them. And if you met her husband, he's one of my favorite people, just a big old smile, happy-go-lucky, good dude. Uh, And he does seem like an angel. Unbelievable. So I can see the pairing of the left wing and the right wing. I say that all the time in airplane. You have to have both, and he did that with you and Ross. Put you guys together. Yeah. And you you start to go on a journey. Y'all are back in church. You're in a conservative church at that point. Yeah. And you're starting to feel drawings of the Lord. Since I, I know you and know your story, tell me a little bit about that journey.
2: Well, my grandfather had died somewhere along that space and I got my first vision and I saw him
0: (laughs) (laughs) that'll mess you up yeah
2: it did I I saw him dancing on the streets of gold in heaven and when he died he had no hair he was completely bald but when he was alive he had this white poofy hair he was like known for it in the city and and he just loved people he went after the brokenhearted and just had this healing anointing on him because of the compassion that just pulsated through his heart to people. And just a powerful man of God. Well, when he passes, I see him in heaven and I'm like, no, that's not real. Like, that I just make that up? And that was my friend. I just kind of buried that. Well, then it started happening more often. And I just started seeing like visions of Jesus and visions of different things. And I became hungry for what is, what are visions, what are dreams, who is the Holy Spirit? I mean, my mom talked about the Holy Spirit, but when you know the Lord's drawing you to more, you just get hungry and you get, you're like, you're not satisfied in what you're in. And so if you're in a place where you are not satisfied you're in a good place, yeah. Because you're going to be filled, yes. you know, with something that the Lord wants to so to give you. So, yeah.
0: You talked about an encounter with our friend M J and Angela. Mm-hmm. They they come and they become the worship leader at this conservative church. It's a great church. Love them, and tell us, you know, God starts one of the ways. through visions, dreams, He starts speaking to us through the scriptures. Certainly. But he also, one of the greatest ways that I see that God speaks is through people. Yeah. And God plants or replants people in our life to give us shade, to grow, and to also draw or activate something that's been in us. And yeah. you shared a little bit, when we're getting ready for this, Yeah, with Angela.
2: Yeah. So our worship pastor moved on. So we had a couple come in who were just there for a while. And so we started to get to know them a little bit. And my the best memory I have of Angela, I was sitting at a table. We were planning a women's event. And I could just tell, like, when I looked at her, I was like, I think she knows Holy Spirit. Like, I think she knows all this because I've been reading about lots of things. I was like, I think this is in her. And the scriptures say, deep cries unto deep. Mm-hmm. And I... You know, just the Holy Spirit in her was calling out to the Holy Spirit in me and saying, come forth, living water. Mm -hmm. Come Mm -hmm. forth, living water, you know? And so I felt it started to rise in me just being around her. And so I'm sitting here with her and a couple other ladies, and we're planning an event called The Well. And I write music at this time, but nobody even knows I sing. When I met Ross, I didn't sing or play the piano. He thought he was marrying someone that was not musical at all. Because I was just trapped. Surprise. The brains, yeah. you know. I remember I was getting ready for, for school one day. And he came in and heard me singing. He said, babe, you can sing. And I said, get out of here. And I started crying. <laughs> and I am mad at him because I felt like exposed or yeah. something, you know. And so back to the story about Angela. I'm telling her, like, I have this song. It's called The Well. It's going to go perfect with this event. The Lord gave it to me. It was a complete download. And I want, you know, someone to sing it. And she looked at me and she said, why don't you do it? And I wanted to punch her in the face. <laughs> it was this real holy moment. I <laughs> wanted to hit her. <laughs> and she would laugh at that too. But I did it because I was like, I don't want to do that. You know, like, I mean? That's not how this works. No. I'm- I get the lyrics and then you sing it. Okay. Yes. I didn't want to do it. And so anyways, I, I ended up doing it. And I said yes to the Lord. And it was a way for me to come out of fear. So I was in just my voice is completely bound up by the spirit of fear. And it wasn't until I stepped on that stage and opened my mouth. Yeah. That the fear I physically, you guys felt it, break off of me. Before that moment, it's like I walked around with a shell, with a mold, with a just prison around my body, around my voice. Just complete lies of like. Don't let anyone hear you or don't let anyone in. And so when I got on that stage, it broke off of me. And, you know, fear, I feel like was in layers. For me, it was in layers, too. and it, It would come off, but that was the beginning of, Audra, I've got to break you out of this because I've called you to something and you can't walk in fear if you're going to do this. Yeah. And so it was the kindness of God to do this to me. Because, look, you know, in the moment I was like, this is not fun, Lord. Mm. But, like, I had no idea how much bondage I was in until I was out of it. Mm. And a lot of people walk around with so much bondage and they think it's normal. Yes. It is not normal to Mm. feel like you can't talk or breathe. That is (laughs) not normal. And I thought that it was. Yeah. Because that's how I lived my life,
1: you know. Mm. Go, well, I just, I want you to tell the story you were telling us yeah. because what is so beautiful is that Jesus took you to the moment yes. that the enemy tried to steal your voice innocently from, just share that real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So at the
2: table, when she told me, hey, I want you to sing this, I was like, I don't want to sing. I don't do that. I don't, I don't want to sing it. And she was like, why? And she said, will you do something for me? And I said, I think, you know, I don't know you, <laughs> <laughs> but I kind of feel the Lord on you. So mm. I think I'm going to trust you. And she said, will you ask the Lord when you lost your voice? Mm.
1: So good.
0: Great question.
1: Yeah. And
2: I said, okay. And I had 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 dialogues with the Lord. I know, know how to talk to the Lord. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I go into a quiet room where no one's around pitch black and I lay on my face I still remember it and I close my eyes and I said God when did I lose my voice and he opens my eyes to this moment it's almost like he took me back to this moment where I was at home with my mom and my sister and a couple of our friends and my mom is a complete genius creative when it comes to like fun stuff so we're it's summer and she's like I got an idea we're about
1: to do Aladdin before iPads and before you know, screen time. We had to Yeah, be creative. Make up stuff. That's she's right. Like, I want y'all to do Aladdin.
2: And so she brings out all the costumes. Why we have Aladdin costumes, I don't even know. <laughs> and she's like, Here's your costume, here's your costume. So I'm Aladdin and so I'm going around the house singing, but I'm singing like a boy, because Aladdin's a boy. When well, my dad gets home, and you could imagine complete chaos in the house. <laughs> And he's in a suit, you know, with his suitcase coming in, decompressing from the day. Yep, and and Broadway show. No
0: yeah, I told him. Yeah, so.
2: wow. yeah, no <laughs> one told him. And so it's loud in the house, and I'm singing like Aladdin, and he just walks by and says, "Audra, don't sit, stop singing like a boy."
1: And and your dad has a beautiful singing voice, correct? Beautiful singing voice, mm-hmm. and so I just respect
2: everything he has to say, especially about singing. And for whatever reason, Satan grabbed that and just planted it in my head, don't ever sing again. That didn't even make any sense. Like, it doesn't even make any sense. Like, that's not, my dad did not say that at all. But that's what I heard. Mm-hmm. That's what I internalized. And I didn't sing. When I started singing, my brother, who was two years younger than me, said, I didn't know you could sing. I didn't even know that I wasn't singing Mm. right? because I worshiped so much alone. It's like I was blind to the fact of I don't even sing around people. So the Lord shows me that moment, completely comes into that moment and fills my heart with, no, I've created you to sing. Yeah. And opens this vision over me. And shows me myself at a piano. And my head is tilted back. And there's oil running down my head. Wow. And the glory of God is just shining on me. And going all the way down my head and all the way to my fingers. And he he said, I need you to worship me with your voice and with your hands. And from then on, it wasn't about me anymore. I had a mandate to worship God with what he's given me and to be a good steward, I had to obey him. And that was enough for me. And he knows me. Mm -hmm. He knows that if it's about him, I'm going to run through a wall till it's done. But if it's about me, I'm good. I don't need to do that.
1: But if he says to do it, yeah, it's done. Mm -hmm. So that's (laughs) what a beautiful picture of how Jesus didn't, he doesn't just, you know, he could have just healed the wound, and that's not what I said, but that's never where he leaves us. He not only heals, but then he says, oh, and this is the vision that I had. This is who I say you are. Yeah. So you're back at the, the women's conference and you step on the stage. What did that moment feel like when you opened your mouth? I mean, I have goosebumps right now. I feel the Lord. This is the thing with Audrey. I gotta say. She said it before, I'm gonna cry. She said, what are we gonna do when the glory of the Lord comes into this room? And when I'm with Audra, the glory of the Lord is always, you walk in his presence more than maybe anyone I know. And I say with Audra, the, the supernatural is her natural. And so I feel the presence of God every time. We have stories, so many stories, but I am picturing you stepping on that stage I mean, what was that like? Because here's the thing, this is what we talked about before the podcast. We wanna make people hungry. If he did it for you, he will do it for a listener that's believed, I I think the enemy's after every one of our voices, Yeah, right? Because we are made in the image of God and God spoke and this whole thing was created. And so, and you are a worshiper. So take me to that moment you step on stage in front of all those women. Yeah. What happened?
2: Well, like I said before, I I went out scared. Yes. But I came <laughs> out I came out so free and I sang that song and when I sang it there was no more clenched up fear that I talked about. Mm. There was no more mold on me. I didn't have to be anything. I didn't have to perform for these women because now I had a heart for them. Like if the Lord's given me this song for them, then I have to trust that it's going to do something in their hearts. And I was like, okay, I'm a carrier of God's presence. I'm a carrier of his song and I have to deliver it. If he gives it to me, I have to deliver it. And so watching their faces, watching their tears, just the glory of God was in the room. And I look out. At the very back, it's a, it's a sea of women in the room because men weren't invited. It was a women's event. And I look in the back and there's one man back there (laughs) and it was my
0: dad.
2: And the Lord is just like a kiss from heaven. I didn't have to have him there. And he was so proud of me. Mm. And he was just, he just hugged me. And I don't even think he knew that that was in me because it was shut down you know and so just a redeeming moment of I'm about to I'm about to give this back to you you know tenfold yeah oh, so
0: good Audrey, so your story <laughs> is such a story from fear to faith yeah. and just like you know when we look at a tombstone we see the date someone's born and the they, they died, but the dash in between those dates are so important. Yeah. And your dash inside of here of jumping and leaping from fear to faith has led you into all kinds of different things. I met you at at different points and stages, and I'm just so proud of her. I forwarded her book, and and you need to go get it.
1: Journey of a Seer. There's so much activation. When I read this book really quick, I read like 60 books in one year, which was so crazy because that's when I had double vision. So I like to say it was really 120 (laughs) books, you know, but I was reading deep books and your book is not super thick, you know, I think I, but there's the activation in it. So go get it because you, you added questions at the end of every chapter yeah, so that, because your heart is, again, if he did it for you, he will do it for someone else. So Journey of a seer.
0: Shauna, tell us what activation means. Someone may hear that and go, "Okay, I'm driving in my car. I'm, I'm not sure what you're talking about. How something activates? I could say it. I want to hear it from you."
1: Okay, well, I'll just tell y'all in my country grammar self because I don't really know. All I know is something happens. I found myself reading your book, hearing your story, and going, "Okay, I want that." Lord, she says she sees visions. I want vision. I knew I had had some visions, but it made me want more and things would happen. Mm. So, when I think of activation, you know, it's one thing we can have head knowledge, but when something happens in the atmosphere, I could feel, I felt shifts when I read your book in the atmosphere of my own home. So, I don't know if I'm explaining it no, really, great. really. It's-
0: it's, yeah, because I when I hear the activation, there's a scripture that says, wake up, O sleeper. Yes. And it it wakes you up for something that God planted inside of you, and he activates it with a desire. And sometimes it starts with a desire. I want to see visions. I want to hear God. I am so surprised in my travels and, and counseling and all the things. That's one of the things I start off with is, have you ever heard the voice of the Lord? Yeah. and at so many people of, I want to, but I never have. And just beginning to teach them the basics of hearing him. And the thing that I love to do is just ask somebody, I want you to close your eyes. Yes. And I want you to picture this. And I walk them through this. And I said, he wants to say a few words to you. And when their eyes open tears filled, they're like, I just heard him say, I love you. <laughs> yeah. I said, let me tell you, that's one of the deepest prophetic words you'll ever get. Yeah. I love you. So that activation's in you. The, the reason I loved this book so much is she writes it from a perspective of the innocence of a child.
1: Yes. It's
0: very digestible, very connectable. And like Shauna said, it activates the things in you that you might not even know. So I'd encourage you to go get that. You can get that on Amazon.com mm-hmm. by Audra Rains. Audra, I want you to share a little bit in the next just five minutes. You know, you went through quite of a journey Raising a Christian family, you get off in college, as so many, and, and, and we've got college kids listening to us. Listen, college is fun, and you're going to make mistakes, and no one's beating that up. We're we're, we're all going to make mistakes, but don't lose who you are and remember the songs, the words. Yeah. yeah. Even your mom and dad spoke to you because yeah. they knew. Yes, Before you even knew yourself, And they understood how you were bent and started speaking. And even if you didn't have a mother or father speaking over you, I want to tell you, I didn't have anyone speaking over me, Christian. But when God spoke to me, it activated all those things in me. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, my God, you've been here my whole life. But God takes you on this journey from in the church, head knowledge, to go test it. You fell miserably in your mind you chase all these different things or are lured into all these things but then god wakes these things up you find out that you can hear and you long for the spirit of god the holy spirit yeah and then you start seeing visions and it moves from prophetically with you how did that get activated what was your journey on that in in prophecy just for me guys it's encouragement and hearing the lord yes it can be about the future yes it can be a corrective word I love when the Lord corrects me because of a love binding. yeah, it's not a beat me up beat me down. It's, it's calling you up one hundred percent. so yeah. tell us a little bit your journey in the prophetics, how you sought it, how you got it, and how you released it.
2: well, I was being allured by the Lord again, like just drawn in by His spirit for more. like this is the word that's threaded throughout my whole life was there's more. Mm-hmm. Something deep down inside of me would say, there's more. There's more in you. There's there's more to come forth. And I think I'll be saying it until I die because the living waters in me through me come to on. come forth. And so I went on a journey of read every book I could on the prophetic intercessory prayer, discerning of the spirits, all the things that I didn't really hear a lot about. And I heard a lot about love and grace and things like that, and those things are amazing. We have to have those things, right. but there was not a lot about the the things that um, maybe the more charismatic type people hear about. And my husband was, you know, raised Baptist, Southern Baptist, and so this was something I was a little nervous to talk to him about because, you know, like he rejected me before we were married, and so I have to be very careful about not partnering with rejection with him mm-hmm. again because it was such a stronghold that the Lord had to demolish I'm I'm alert of like I don't want to be you know rejected not in fear but just like aware mm-hmm. and so I was like how am I going to go about this with him and so just started to kind of share testimony with him of what I was experiencing deep 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 just crying out to the Lord of what is this in me and it needs to come out. Was he a worship leader on staff at that time, or? He was a worship leader, a connections pastor. And so, yeah, some of that too was, it's funny you ask that question, because some of that, because of his position, I didn't want to embarrass him. Wow. With anything too much, you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, fast forward way down my journey, that's something that I've had to you know, with the Lord's help punch in the face over and over again, like just lose yourself in and me, Audra. You're going to look like a fool yeah. and they're not going to understand, but I am. Mm-hmm. And when you get to heaven, I'll show you yeah. all of what is happening. And so that is another thing. I, I'm okay looking like a fool now,
1: you know? I'm glad Yeah, because <laughs> sometimes you've stepped out and it's broken open some things for me that, you know, I've seen you, but I have seen, and we talked a little bit about, that, what's so good about even Mark is that he will step out and do something, whether it's blowing on someone's face or <laughs> telling a grown man, come sit in my lap. Yeah. But you know what? When you're in that moment, you know beyond a shadow of a doubt it's a holy moment and the Lord is there. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, you do. You feel it. Mm.
0: All those things are, and I've heard you say this before, we have to make a choice. Are we going to be dignified or become?
1: Come on. Yeah
0: for jesus yes and just like you're saying i'm the first time the lord told me hey take that 72 year old man and put him in your lap i was like do what yeah I, i've got a crowd of people around here they're not going to understand this he said i built you for this yeah but the man in my lap he just begins to weep and begins to tell me his story of things that happened in his childhood mm-hmm. and he said man I'm 72 and mm-hmm. i've never told anyone this Well, that's a prophetic unction. Like, he's showing me what to do, but there's a risk. And I've done that before where it's like, no, thank you. Appreciate that. I'm not going to take the lap or the word or the, it's like, okay. Yeah. But you're on a journey. So when you start sharing it with Ross, how does Ross respond?
2: His face is like a deer in the headlights. (laughs) But his heart is open. I can feel it. Yeah. I can feel that. He trusts me, you know, and we had enough history together to, he knows I hear God. He knows, you know, that I'm in the word. And so he trusts me. And so he's at, you know, a crossroads here of like, okay, we don't really talk about these things, but my wife is experiencing these things. And so that was a journey. It wasn't until completely breaking out of it, you talk about starting to walk in it, was probably... When I got the assignment to go pray at the church for seven days. And that was the first, hey, I need you to do something with with this thing in you. You're hearing my voice. You're hungry. Now I want to activate you because the Lord will activate us too. Yep. I want to activate you into this. And I fought him. But I went into the church thinking they're going to think I'm over spiritual. What are you doing? You know, I was like, you know what? I'm obeying the Lord. Yeah. I did it, and the visions and the visions opened up to me to a level of I was watching almost movie-like scenes wow. of this person that I was praying for. I would watch it, and then the Lord would say, now pray it. So I would watch the person go over to the water fountain and grab the water and splash it on his face, and I would say, okay... You know, I pray that they go to the, go to the well. I pray that they go to the living water, the word of God. Yes. And they would splash it on their face. And so it was this invitation into, hey, I want you to pray with me. And it was so easy because I I was like, he said for 30 minutes a day. And I was like, am I going to pray for 30 minutes?
0: <laughs>
2: I'm not a person of many words. All right. And I'm, I'm like. God, I don't know if I can do this. Boy, then when he showed me, you're not going to. You're just going to follow me. It was like going down a river with the Lord and just like so fun and sweet. And I was just getting blown away. I would see something, pray it, and then it would be right there in the word. And I'd be like, huh, I just prayed that, uh-huh. you know? And it was just, it was crazy. It was amazing. So I feel like the intercessory space is what broke and opened the prophetic for me. Mm-hmm. And he'll still use me in that way. So it's really, if I see
1: something, I know this is, I had to pray this. Did he tell you to go? This is important. Yeah. Because it's so exciting sometimes to get a vision or a word or whatever. But did you have to, was it something that he just wanted you to pray about? Or did you have to go and submit it to that person?
2: No. So the person that I was praying for was in a very bad position, a very bad spot in life. And so I was... Contending for his life. Wow. This was a big deal that I didn't know at the time, even to the point where, you know, they couldn't have kids and all this. And I was seeing them with kids and I was just, I was going for it. And I didn't even know what I was doing. Wow. Like. But uh, it, it was like, it was for him. I was praying for him. The prayers of God. The wow. prayers of God's heart for him. I never told him. He still doesn't know
1: to this day. And I think that's important because mm. I've made the mistake in my zeal of going and running and telling the person. And that's not always, the first step is just pray what you, yeah. so I think it's amazing that you were able to, just like Mary, you pondered these things in your heart mm-hmm. and, you know, thinking that you've been able to keep that and that, yeah, one day the Lord will bring it all together, but
0: that's pretty amazing. It's truly, really, I love the word contending. Yeah intending I, I don't think I've ever heard that in intercessory because it's sitting here you know I get pictures we can call them visions you know I don't really care what people call them but it was like an argument going on and you were holding up God's prayer mm-hmm. and the enemy was like no these are the facts yeah, well, you have, yeah. and you were saying this is the truth <laughs> and this contention yes. going down did you get to see what God did in this man's yeah. life
2: yeah Nobody he's alive, he's well, he's doing well. He's out of what he
1: was in. Mm. He has a children. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Mark, you said it. When the world says here's the facts, God says no, here's the truth. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. so good.
0: So I just sense there's people driving down the roads. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why I, I can see my sister uh, driving down the road. So there's a lot of people. These are close people that you there's a desire that has been in you for so so long and you hear the story and you think oh i can't i want to break out i don't know how to break out and i think audra has given us a key to the kingdom that unlocks the door we begin to start with the lord the intimacy with the lord and we begin to hear what he's saying to us over us so it starts very personal he takes you through time. You heard Audra say, He took me through a time that I felt like I was alone. She wasn't alone. He was with her. And he's doing some carving and cutting and shaping out of that because he knows what the next season, Ross, is coming. And it needs to fit together. And as those things fit together, God does what he always does. He's faithful. But there's there's women driving down the road and say, I want to grow. I, I, I'm ready to move out. So I want you to just begin to pray things like this. God, what's my next step? What are you saying? What am I hearing? And facts will always lie to you. The fact is that, you know, I'm bald. But God could grow my hair back if he wants to. I think I look better bald. (laughs) But I'm just saying, facts will always try to dictate the truth of the future. Truth dictates the future. The Bible says you'll know the truth. That word, know, is a word that means yada, to be together, to be intimately together, to get pregnant by the king. Yeah. And I know that sounds so weird, but I, I can't help it. It's so intimate. Jesus wants to climb in our bed. He doesn't want to have intimacy in our flesh. He wants to have intimacy in our spirit. Yes. When we allow that process to happen, he deposits truth and you become pregnant promotion happens breakthrough happens all these things start happening in your life that take you on a journey of a seer yeah and there's many of you that want that desire that or you're getting that and you don't know what to do so I think a good step that she talked about is is just contending yeah contending believe God trust God for who he says he is yeah yeah I mean
1: yes
2: I even see right now like you talk about contending in the I testified of hearing the prayers of God. I even see right now a lady who keeps putting the pen down, and you keep putting it down, and the will of God for your life is to pick up the pen and finish the book. Mm. And so, yeah, that's so
0: good. So we can receive that right now. It doesn't matter when this podcast comes out. You can be listening to this two years from now and go, well, it's dated back here. The word of god is active and alive and it stays it 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 accomplishes its person but it's like a ricochet bullet that's hitting all kinds of things it doesn't kill it brings life so i want to encourage you as we bring this in i'm definitely going to have Audra back and shauna and we're going to talk one of the desires of my heart is that people would become familiar about hearing god praying god's word what is intercessory what is prophecy people want to know what is the gift that's in me i can see the gift in Audra. if you hear her sing or you're around shauna she's a disco ball she shines for jesus that's who she is but she's also very intelligent very prophetic very dives into the prayers of things and both of these ladies have been a part of my life and very trusted but i want to go on a journey so keep tuned in to some of the things we're going to bring with you i love that you came and shared your testimony just all the different things and i know it's just one of the little small pebbles in the jar. There's so much more in you, and I'm going to get your husband here. But thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks, Audra. We love you and Thank you.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the Unbridled Life podcast. We know your time is valuable, and we hope we bring real and relevant content that helps you live that unbridled life. If you want to help us spread the message, you can rate or review the podcast on whatever platform you like to listen to us and share it with a friend or two. If you want to know more about who we are and what we're doing, head on over to the and learn more.